What's happening, Renegade Coaches in the house? True. Yeah, oh, yeah. You some little R&B, son. Hey, you know what I'm saying? A bit checking out my man Knock over there. He was singing before the damn joint. Oof. Yeah, we had to shut him Make down. Make the music. Uh-oh. Okay. With your mouth. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> with your, your mouth. mouth. Yo. Yo. Yo, big up to TJ Swan, man. True. Yeah. Did he die? Nah, how about that? Okay. <laughs> That's enough. Y'all, y'all only mentioned old rappers when they did and some shit like that. Like, oh, God damn. Yo, who are you? Speaking of old you. rappers, we got oh. a server in the building. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'll take that. Oh. Anyway. Yo, I'm Kamal K. Franklin. We nice doing intros? You. Oh, okay. you are? Yes, I'm Kalanji Jamachinga. If y'all don't know that shit by now, you fucking up. <laughs> what show you watching? Who we got back here? And I go by the name of the Air Doctor. And I am transmitted live from the planet Earth. Minister Server along with... It's your boy, Jai. 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 Oh, you know, it's both of these guys. They got their whole little tagline. I know. Transmitting from the planet Earth. And this is... It's your boy, Jai. And it, it's, right. like, it's like a routine. That's right. It's longer than ours. They are. Man. I noticed oh, that. Man. I noticed that. Jai doesn't seem high today. Don't What's going on? Jai, Jai sober. You all right, Jai? You back there all good? Yeah, right, man. Yo, all right. All right. <laughs> hey, did you see the picture? Air Doctor put up, uh, posted a picture of him getting his uh, GED. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Yeah, whatever, man. What's the picture of? What that was me getting my African Studies degree from Morris Brown, That's right. man. Big up. Oh, oh, no, oh, no, no. True that. True that. You're a renegade culture scholar. That's right. That's right. Morris Brown is Come the same on, Okay. Come on, anyway. All right. Okay. Speaking of scholars. That's not speaking of scholars. Yo, yes. so we got a lot going on today in, uh, in the world. Lot. Do you know what I'm saying? We had a dope interview today. We do. Who's going to be our guest today, man? Well, I said we had one. We had oh. an interview earlier today. Oh, you mean with my man Benjamin Dixon. Shout out to Ben Dixon. Shout out to Shout Ben out for having us on. Yeah. kind of surprised he had us on. He likes us, man. We like Ben. You know no, what I'm saying? saying? I'm surprised after having Shelly Winters on. Yeah. Oh, Shelly yeah. <laughs> you know he like, he's coming hard at Shelly. I thought he was going to bust Shelly's yeah, up. You know like, what I'm saying? Like, hey, woo, 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 let me Burr. at him. I heard that Shelly's looking for all y'all from, yeah. from, from doing the show today. Work, I heard he's looking for all y'all. Okay, Shelly better sit the watch out. Shelly Shiver. Shelly. Well, that conservative chump ass down. You out of office now. Man, look here, man. Tell your white gang to stay where they at. Listen, man. We, we, I ain't going to say nothing about Shelly. Shelly know we whoop that ass all up and down the street. Anyway, Yo. shout out to... Uh, Who's our Wait. people? Black Power Media? Black Power Media, man. Black Power Media. Our yeah, numbers yeah. are rising. The yes. shows are rising. You know what I'm saying? No Everything doubt. is going great on Black Power Media. No a lot doubt. of dope shows. You yeah. got uh, the, I Mix What I Like. You got a Mix What I Like. We got the Doctor's Office. Doctor's That's Office right. is in there. I, you know, Doctor's Office interviewed me first. I ain't seen Oh, he did? Did he come up yet? Man, oh, shit. damn. What's going Never on? Ever. Doctor's Office? I wanted to get some good ratings. So. Oh, I went in another direction. Anyway, Doctor's Office will be canceled next week. Anyway. We got Doctor's Intellectual, the last right. open election. Yeah, Luke Ma Nation. The Luke, Luke Ma Nation. I love the Luke Ma Nation. I love they real cool. Lot, but, man. You know, it was Luke. Hey, shout out to the Luke Mars. They tried to diss me on the show. They did? What they say about you, B? <laughs> I mean, they shot me out, said I was sick or whatever. Oh. You know, somebody, the <laughs> they ear doctor. They still had COVID. Yeah, because the ear doctor put up this... Uh, Old ass video. <laughs> it ain't that old. I'm saying it wasn't even a year old. It's from November. Socially distancing. But, but I was just saying, uh, what's Mrs. Luke Ma? Jackie Luke Ma. Jackie, that's right. She said that somebody said my scully was so heavy it was hurt my neck. <laughs> <laughs> look here, Jackie. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Look here, Miss Luke Ma. Get him. You and Mr. Luke Ma. Uh-oh. Get him. Uh-oh. Don't oh, be boy, that way now. A war. A anyway. battle. A battle. Okay. A crack think, off. Yeah. Do we mention? I mention I like? Of course. You got to mention I mean, Come on, Jack. What did he say? What do you want to do with it? What did he say? I said a crack off. He said a snack off. Anyway. So. Moving right along. You So we did. I mixed it. I like. So, yo. Check out Black Power. Media.org. No doubt. Check no, us out no on YouTube. Uh-huh. Um, and Patreons. We got some new Patreons. Can yes. we name, yes. name our Patreons? Yes, we do. We're doing, like, we're doing it like Run DNC once again. Uh, big up to KB Jones. Big up to... Don't big up to Gabriel Bailey. Okay. Big up to Neo Donatello. Big up to LM Jax. Big up to Daphne Brown. Big up to MX Free Dunn. Uh, Geronimo Collins. Elliot Hampton. Mm. And Marva Berry. Yeah, yeah. That's big right. up to Patreon. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. 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 Marva Berry, we appreciate you checking this out. And yes. to everyone else that's on there, whatever. Yeah. Marva's one of the sisters we know that been putting in work since before we ever came. Don't be trying to tell me to wrap up my shit when I'm goddamn talking <laughs> about, about Marva. Marva. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you hear you talking about... Uh, 
Uh, Chubby Check is whoever the fuck you <laughs> were talking about. Is. I'm trying to interrupt you. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, shout out to Marvel Berry and all the Patreons. Yeah, keep what on a- giving so we can fuck up your names on live on air. You know what I'm live saying? Live on air. <laughs> By our two distinguished... Uh, derelicts. Distinguished Stones, derelicts over Stones, there. Whatever. Straight out, straight. And these two, they, they both went to black universities. They did. They That's right. Or which one did he go? Which one you went to, server? I, I'm a, no, I didn't just go Wait, to, I, I, I'm a graduate uh, of Wilberforce yeah. University. Mm. Okay. Wilberforce? Wilberforce University. Where that? I don't you don't know, know Wilberforce University? Hell you no. You the black scholars on the Wilberforce University? I don't know that. I went the to first, Cuny, son. The first, the first the private HBO, HBCU in the country. Ooh. 1856. HBO went first. HBCU in the country. Don't switch it around. You scholar. You're like, you're like, that's a fine. Challenge. It's a fine. In, in, in any event, who we got on the show tonight? Yeah, no, no, no. Fuck off. Well, he's trying to he's trying to get the intro done. Yo, he's saying it's too long. So let me just let me just jump in there. Okay. We got Marcus Klein. Word. Okay. Um, Marcus Klein, who's opened up his own school. Yes, Marcus Klein, Freedom Home Academy, Frontline Magazine, and he's dropping a brand new magazine. Uh, comrade, we've been rocking with for over 20 years plus. And he's gonna come on and talk about the state of uh, black schooling, black youth, how to improve it, how to and do it right, how to make sure that we not um, subjugated ourselves to their education. Mm-hmm. We're also gonna have on brother Marcus Coleman. Marcus Coleman, it's a Marcus night tonight. That's right, that's Marcus. Right. Tonight we're gonna have Marcus Coleman on as well. Right. Marcus Coleman's gonna be talking about the case of Kendrick Johnson. Mm-hmm. The whole case has been opened back up. Yes. Marcus Coleman is playing an intricate role in that case, mm-hmm. um, as he has been for years. So we're gonna, um, you know, get the latest on that. Yeah. Well, also while we while we talking, we'll be remiss if we refuse to if we forget did not to mention, mention mm-hmm. we did not mention. Our favorite freedom fighter, Mumia Abu Jamal, mm-hmm. who is currently ill, mm-hmm. he's still locked up, and we're looking for a compassionate release mm-hmm. for for uh, Mumia. Mumia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been locked up for forty years and counting right now. Uh, a good brother is suffering from COVID, mm-hmm. um, hepatitis, hepatitis C, yeah, uh, liver damage, heart failure, liver damage. Yeah. Uh, Heart failure, the whole nine. So we're we're looking to, uh, you know, we'd like you all. We're gonna put up a on the bottom third numbers uh, for you to call. Please call because of the fact that right now we need this brother to come home. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, You know, I mean, he's, he's gravely ill. Yeah. So we want to make sure, so we make sure we, we're on the right side of things. Yeah, so people just uh, look at that number down below and call and or write letters. We'll be back, Renegade Culture. No doubt. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. What's happening, Renegade Coaches? Back you know, again. You know what I'm saying? We back with our special guests. Okay, we got my man Marcus Klein in the building. Freedom Home Academy. How you doing, brother Marcus? I'm great, Are you chewing on food back there? What you doing back there? Are you eating? I see you chewing on food, brother. You're not allowed to do that. you like the fifth guest to chew on food up in Renegade Coaches. That man said he eating healthy today. He eating healthy? All right, all right. Some yum, some yum earth stuff. That's some good stuff there. That's some good stuff. Okay, okay. So... We got my man Marcus in the building. He's been working on Freedom Home Academy mm-hmm. for about uh, a decade plus right now. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you that really know him, going back a couple of decades, you know, you remember Freedom, I mean, excuse me, you remember uh, Frontline Magazine. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, Marcus has stayed on, on his task as Minister of Education. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, the undisputed Minister of Education. Mm-hmm. Undisputed? Who's it? Omar? We were Omar? Well, I mean, uh, I said, Omar said he's gonna come after you because you actually got a school running and he wasn't too pleased. He's like, you messing up his money biz, B. You messing up his money no, game. Umar, no Omar references. No Omar, my bad. My bad. Hey, hey, tell him, take, take your Freedom Home Academy, man. True that, true. <laughs> anyway, what, what, what's, what's the latest, brother? I've been, you know, we've been seeing you around doing your thing and, uh, you know, well, the latest, the latest now is, you know, we, we have a, we have a couple of proactive programs. We, we're right in the middle of, of starting up. So I just wanted to give just the audience, let them know that Frontline Magazine is back. We, we starting a new issue online starting uh, the 15th of March, which is Monday. So we're going online with that. In addition, we have uh, a day medical group. We start a medical center that's going to be uh, either in May we supposed to sign the lease in May, but you know, due to COVID, we may push it back to June, but we're gonna be focused on chronic, chronic illnesses in the city of Chicago, inner city. We're located right on 87th Street. We're gonna do uh, just holistic health. You know, we're gonna treat holistically with a sliding pay scale, you know, for, for those who, you know, on Medicaid and whatnot, but we will be focusing on um, some mental health, 
um, asthma, hypertension, of course, HIV, alcoholism, you know, things right. of that nature. So mm. that, that's new on tap. Now, now what, what, are, what are the grades? You know, go ahead. What, 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 what uh, grades you talking for the, uh, the medical part, portion? Say it one more time. What's the first? I hear the first part. Uh, the grades. What are the grades? The, uh, what grades are you focusing on with the medical school? Um, at the grades at the school? Yes. I'm saying in uh-huh. regards to the medical portion of it. No, I think oh, no, no, the medical is going to be for the public. It's yeah, going to be a yeah. clinic. Oh, okay, okay, it's a clinic yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah. when you when you open back up the Freedom Home Academies, I think you're going to need a space for Kalanji in, like, second <laughs> no, grade or shot. something like that. I don't, you know. <laughs> no, Kalanji's shot. No, Kalanji's shot. Kalanji shot. Uh, uh, you shark? Okay. They knew he Klein. They knew. They knew. Don't worry about he has a, it. He has a wide. He has a wide range of, of prowessness. You know, he can, <laughs> he can touch a lot of different, different aspects of right. the program. And, and that basically, that's what it is. You know, it's a it's another social program. Um, obviously, that we learn from the party. You know, what I'm saying just, just some of the things that we need to tackle in the community and address. You know, health, of course, housing, of course, and we're working on that too. But the, the, the medical health clinic is one of the things that I've been wanting to do maybe the last six or seven years. So going back to your, story, your... I didn't have the know-how, so... Yeah, I'm sorry. So going back to your history, because, you know, one of your main focuses is education, education of black youth. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about um, Freedom Home Academy in terms of how we got started um, and why you started to focus in on uh, black education in terms of your organizing work and your activism. No doubt. Uh, we started in 2007, my wife and I, who's, who's now deceased, but my wife is shocking. She was the actual impetus for me starting the school. I had no intention on starting the school, building anything outside of, you know, just my family. We had a son, so we were looking around for an African-centered program in the curriculum. We were very dissatisfied with what we saw in Chicago. Uh, we saw a lot of culture, culture-heavy programs and a couple of schools that were culture-heavy, but nothing that met the academic rigor that we were looking for. So we developed one, we piecemealed together. My son was going to a, a African-centered daycare. It was called Children of the Sun. She wound up closing. So she gave me a, an avenue to let her parents know that we about to open. So we used the opportunity to open up in 2008. Um, we started with four students, including my son who was, who was four. Um, and all four of those students graduated at 16. Now they're, one is at Howard, for a ride, one is at Bradley, one is at MIT student for a ride, another one's at um, Spelman. So those first first four students, they're all doing well. And and you know, <laughs> it was said that it was said that Freedom Home Academy wouldn't last long. <laughs> and I always mention that, I always mention that because they said the same thing about frontline. But um, again, the impetus was my wife. I had no intention. So we kind of piecemeal the program together and we started in our basement. In 08, we moved in a, quite a few locations in the last uh, 14 years. So now we're at a, a larger location. We started the, uh, the nursery school. That was the last venture we did. I have, I have a three-year-old son now. We're actually before next month. So we, we had to start a daycare, you know, for him. So we started that. Um, my son graduated from the eighth grade. So we had to start a high school in 17 for him. So we have a high school in Crewman National Academy. Um, that's focusing on um, our four pillars. And we consider those uh, medicine, law, engineering, and entrepreneurship. So we have those programs for the entire school. Um, So we moved, our our last move, hopefully our final final move, was uh, uh, where we are now, which is almost a 6,000 square foot um, piece of property that we're still renting. But it's it's half of the rent I was paying at... (laughs) Three quarters of three quarters of the size place, so we're, we're definitely in a different position now. Even um, as far as our resources, you know, due to that. But the last couple of years have been very tumultuous. You know, we we've had we've had a lot of issues. Um, on top of that, you know, the whole COVID piece, which is kind of, it's kind of like a um, a benefit, I would say, because we moved online, so that added more resources to us when we we lost quite a few students, you know, due to COVID. And, you know, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't- When you we lose them, know, uh, to be honest- how we gonna, how we gonna sustain with Just that. to be clear, when you say lost students, you mean they went to other schools, right, obviously, right? No, n- n- well, not dead. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I meant, I meant right. to be sure. Yeah, I should yeah. use another word. Yeah. But we, 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 had, we had the uh, the unfortunate 
ability to uh I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know. But we, we did lose them. They decided not to continue because we were going online and not in the building. A lot of those students that we have, a lot of students that we do have, it is very concentrated. The, the curriculum is concentrated on face-to-face methodology, you know, and, and and the parents understood that those particular students, while they were online, it wouldn't have the same resiliency. So they decided, you know, we're going to wait till you open back up. So we wound up losing those. It was almost like maybe 15 or 16 students that weren't able to come back. And that's nine thousand dollars. You know, said that we, that we <laughs> on the real. So looking at it from looking at it from a financial standpoint, yeah. um, the COVID has set us back that first month, which was March. But uh, when we decided to go online, we added over 85 new students. You know, at, at full at full price tuition. Yeah. So we were able to sustain by doing that. Now, I want to I wanna point out that uh, I witnessed the basement school. You know what I mean? Uh, I remember visiting. Oh, I remember mean, you can yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just coming yeah. down, Marx was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm about to start a school down here. This is what the curriculum look like, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And you you got you to gotta know for the audience, um, I've been knowing my man, we've been organized together for uh, at least two decades. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, two decades plus going back uh, before Chairman Fred came out. We did the, the the Welcome Home Fred piece when uh, Chairman Fred Jr. came out, was coming out. Uh, Mama Cool, shout out to Mama Cool. You know what I mean? She uh, contacted myself, uh, a man in Krumah, and Marcus Klein, and we did we we organized this joint from three different states. You know what I mean? Back when there was no social media. And, and we was just, you know, barely using the internet at all. You know what I mean? So our history is crazy. So when, we, when he started talking about opening a school, I'm like, man, Klein, you bugging, man. You talking about <laughs> school in your basement. I'm like, what, you going to open a nursery school? I mean, you babysitting? But he's done incredible. But, but, you, but, huh? but you know what, Klein, I want to cut you off, but it's good that we speak to that because it's important relative to the development of myself and the school. You know, we made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes, bro. Like a lot of mistakes that I feel um, if, if I didn't have community support, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to have a school right now. And I think that since we were rooted in, in community activism and community activity, the parents understood, you know, and they were able to, uh, you know, aid, aid me along because some of the stumbles that I made, you know, if, if, if it wasn't known that, I had a history of, you know, community activism, you know, doing things in the community, not to mention Frontline Magazine. So people had a knowledge of me. So a lot of, I, I was given a pass on a, lot, on a lot of stumbles that I made, you know, and uh, I always speak to the, to, uh, you know, those brothers and sisters who actually believed in us. You know? So real quickly, before we be about to take a break soon, but I wanted to get into the methodology. Uh, so if, if you could quickly just give us an overview of like what makes your school different, let's say, than other either black cultural schools or obviously like white schools that try to teach black youth? Like, what would you I, say? I think one, well, out the gate, when we talk about methodology, it's, um, it's frequency and duration. We extend a lot of the academics over a, a longer period of time, not to mention the fact that um, the grades uh, aren't based on age, they're based on ability. So we're very assessment driven. So when a child comes, let me know when it's time for break. I won't even go into it until I'll just wait. But when a child comes into our school, he's assessed, right? So, you know, say he's five, that's pre-K. So uh, the system will automatically put him in kindergarten, right? We won't. We will assess him or her where they are, and we'll place him in a particular grade that we've already structured. We've customized the grade already for him. So now he has the ability to move up. With, with no restraints, you know what I'm saying? He knows timetables, he's in the first grade. Well, why keep him in the first grade? Let's put him in the third based on our criteria. So they have an ability to move up. Uh, in addition to that, um, you know, it's culture. You know, we, we learn about us first, you know, with, with academic rigor, because the difference would be, you know, why give a child SAT prep when he gets to high school? Well, let's give him to him in the fifth grade, right? So we have SATs inculcated inside of our English curriculum. So when those 15 and 14 year olds are taking SATs, they get in 13s and 14s early. 
So now it's up to the parents where you want to send him to college at 15 and 16. It's up to you. So in, in, in a nutshell, you know, we don't, we don't relegate our children to uh, what the system considers upward mobility. You know what I'm saying? We create that, you know, based on our assessments and of course on the national standards, you know, we put all those together and we create a customized curriculum for that child. Not a perfect system at all. You know, all the children don't, um, don't make YouTube videos. All of them don't, you know what I'm saying? But I would say between 85 and, and 90% of the students, they do exceptionally well. We're we gonna come back to, to you. Okay. We're going to come back to you in a few ticks. Um, we're listening to or checking out Marcus Klein, Freedom Home Academy. Mm -hmm. um, when we come back, one of the questions I want to start off with is how important as an African uh, uh, educator, how important is political education to have political education in, 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 the, uh, in, in educating our youth? We're going to be right back at you. Renegade Coach. Renegade coach in the building. Yeah, we back, back, back. Okay. Black, okay. black, black. black. Okay. I like that. That's okay. my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to, to Count to, Blackula. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> it's, my, it's a serial sponsor of ours. It's okay. Okay. Sponsor. Shout out to your crew in the back. You know what, you know what I'm saying? saying? Doing the cheerleading for you. Oh, you know it's all good. Anyway, we're back with my man Marcus Klein. Marcus is talking about uh, Freedom Home Academy yep. and, and, and politics. One of the questions I was saying that I wanted to ask Marcus is about in regards to political education. There's a lot of African-centered schools around. Um, they don't necessarily uh, roll with the politics. Oftentimes, you know, we have a lot of cultural nationalists who confuse uh, confuse uh, uh, revolution with, you know, where with, with with cultural garb and so on and so forth. So I wanted to know from you, what is your uh, what's your take on that? What do you, the wretched uh, of the earth, that, there that right there says it all. That says it all. Speak on that. Okay, so why, let's go to two questions. Let's answer two. Why is it important to use political education to reach the seeds? And the second uh, I'm, the question I'm ask, answering is, why is it important to inculcate political education in everyday practicality, right? Mm -hmm. So when I say everyday practicality, what I mean is, um, Student comes into school day one, first day, in, first day in the building. He must be initiated to some type of politic because he already, he left one politic, which was streets of Chicago, gang banging or, or whatever. So <clears throat> we have to overcompensate with a politic, right? So the politic we choose is revolutionary politics, right? Okay, so what is that? That is using the things that we have to move the, the politi our politic forward, right? Visual, we use Huey Newton in the chair, right? Okay, why is that important? Out of all the pictures, why use that? Because Shorty just left the street, he's very familiar with the pistol, right? He is, he's attracted to that. Mm -hmm. He's also familiar with, sometimes Huey Newton, well, if not, he knows what his spear is. So oftentimes, that big picture, I can use that to initiate a conversation about our politics, right? Revolutionary activity, right? So we're talking about uh, Black Panther Party. We always talk about them because the party can take us to um, five, six different areas of historical content like this. So, Wretched of the Earth, France for Nine. Okay, cool. One of the organizations that um, assisted the development of the party was what? RAM. We know that. We know SNCC. We know ABB, African Blood Brotherhood. Uh, we know Diggins for Defense, right? Huey talked about all those organizations in Revolutionary Suicide, right? So, while we read that, we've already fanned out over... 12, 13 weeks of liter literary material for them to read, right? Super cool. Uh, Marge, what about the violence? What about the violence in the party? We don't even have to talk about that. We can talk about the 17 social programs, and we do. So sickle cell anemia clinics. Now we're going into medicine. Six, so it's, 
the, the, the politics is very practical. The literature is there, right? SAT words in the lit. So, so all the, the excuses that parents used to give me about, um, we talk about the prior too much. This, the children gravitate to that. Mm-hmm. We study it today. Yeah. They gravitate to it because it's practical. When you talk about, okay, what do we need in the hood? Little bro, what we need in the hood? Man, my cousin, they was homeless. Housing, right? Mm-hmm. We need coats in the winter. So all those things we can weave in. And the reason why I use the party and people are like, man, you talk about the party too much. I don't because it's, it's practical. It's everyday political activity. On the ground, we can do it. So the students, what they want to know. They always want to know about that. So um, that's one reason why it's important. We use it as, um, you know, I wouldn't say bait and switch, but, you know, once they get attracted to that, you know, we can move them into into different areas. Uh, we got we got a grand pool by our son. We got his youngest son in the school, Hakan, right? So he's like, you know, a lot of things with the party, and I'm I can get into that. I can get into that later. And I, I realize that um, uh, the conscious community, if we want to say that, mm-hmm. uh, that there's a segment that steer away that steers away from that, right? That they're not they're not on the other spectrum of cultural nationalism, but they're in between. They really don't touch on the party. I know that from being in the community for the last 20 years. Yeah. They, that's not touched upon. So, you know, him, he's at he's father's, you know, grand poobah from the brand newbies, dad. But a lot of things in the party he knew nothing about. Culture-wise, yes. Mm-hmm. But the party, Huey, Bobby, all that, Chairman Fred, never heard of him, right? So, so now, you know, it's my job to inject him with that activity. Okay, cool. Did you see the movie? Oh yeah, I saw it. No, no. So we, we're talking about that. We, 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 I want them to be involved in the entire process of not just about the party, but the historical content of the party. So it ain't that like we are worshiping these individuals. We're using them, you know, as uh, light posts. You know, how have, have, how's that been received with the parents? Because I know that oftentimes when you're talking about revolution, um, you know, I've, you know, a lot of times we, we've been to different places and we've seen different folks come out to check out the school um, here in Atlanta and in different places. And they're, they're, they're enthusiastic about their children learning. But oftentimes, you know, they, they kind of shy away, like you said, that, that middle ground. How, how's that? What's been your experience with that? And I always bring this story up. Some, some elders are walking walking out of the uh, free free breakfast program with two bags of food, right? Police pull up. Then we get that food from. Oh, we, we got it down from the from the Black Panther. They they passing out food, right? So so the, the cops say, you know them guys are communists, right? She said, I don't give a fuck what they is. Don't fuck with them because they feeding us, right? So that 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 gives correlation to the parents and how they react to me teaching revolutionary culture right they're reading <laughs> shorty ain't shorty ain't read a book in two two three years now he's reading rich of the earth don't understand 80 percent of it but so what yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying so what because now the last eight nine years i get no resistance from parents the resistance only resistance i get is in the form of i'm leaving right and it's, it's really about what they the content of the curriculum is leaving due to financial reasons, you know, it's due to me. Oh, you're arrogant, you know, that whole thing, you know, black man is confident, he's arrogant, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But that's a problem in itself. But I get no resistance. If I do, I don't I don't hear it. I'm sure I do, I don't hear it. Because they're reading. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and they're and they're asking questions. Those same students who 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 are 13 and 14 <clears throat> that came in with a third and fourth grade reading level. Now they're reading Revolutionary Suicide, uh, Blood in My Eye. They're reading um, uh, Rest of the Earth, uh, Black on Black, Vi- Black on Black Violence by uh, uh, Amos Wilson. And they're asking their parents questions and things like that. Do you parents find that- like, okay, I mean, we cool. Do you, do you find that <laughs> you know, students have- they, find- sit in, they sit in the Zoom classes. They're in the Zoom classes. Yeah. I got seven, eight parents that's sitting in, like oh, they writing stuff it. down. Bob Marcus, repeat that again for them. And that's cool, Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I, you know. 
So let me jump I in. That. Let me jump in. Did you and do you feel like um, based on this curriculum, uh, have your students now been involved in more community activism or organizing that you've seen? You know, and does your school even provide like those opportunities as part of its curriculum for folks to get like in, involved in the community um, in addition to their formal education? That's a good question. I don't, I don't see it as much as I would like to. Excuse me, and that and that's due to um, the things that we need <laughs> relative to boarding. You know, we need boarding schools, like straight up and down. We we need to have boarding schools because directly at your question, Kamal, those students they get me for three hours a day, um, some of them four hours a day, and then they go home to like wretchedness. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know it. And we have to re-educate on Monday all over again because it wasn't reinforced at home. So uh, yeah, there, there, there's a few, you know, there's a few. Uh, I mean, even even my son, you know, he's. I, I would like him to be involved more into that, but you know, he's he's bogged down with with school. You know what I'm saying? So I, I know it's it's not easy for parents to you know do what we do and even to extend what I do um, without without education. So. Boarding schools and educating parents. You know, I gave up on one. I'm still trying to do the boarding school, but you know, educating the parents to um, extend what we're what we're trying to do at the school it's a challenge. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, to answer your question directly, it it's, it can be more. I would be satisfied if it was more students involved in activity um, than it is. Tell tell us about the magazine. We have we have a few minutes left. You know what I'm saying? We definitely you know we could do a whole show and a half because of the fact that we got so many things that we can touch on. But um, we got some strong cast, we got some strong cast, man. You know, I started the magazine, as you know, um, way, way back, way back. And uh, again, you know, Shaki was the impetus. You should do a magazine, ah, for what? You know what I'm saying? So uh, I needed her in a lot of different aspects. I, I still do, as a matter of fact. But um, I'm, I'm struggling along, you know, I'm stumbling, stumbling my way through it. But um, the magazine is, you know, we did, we was doing two languages, bro. Like we had a French issue, we was in Africa. You know, we was, we was putting them out in Brazil. It, it was doing really well. I couldn't do both though. I couldn't do the school and the magazine. So we're bringing it back, only one twist. We got four students who are writing articles now. Um, Agobin is one of them. So um, they're reading material. We're gonna start doing some interviews, um, having the interviews linked in to the articles. Um, so we got, we got some good things coming up you know, for the magazine. I, I, what I wanna do is, um, we're doing online subscriptions, $100 for a year, $10 per issue. We want to fund some, some of these projects with, the, with, with this revenue, you know what I'm saying? So um, you, you'll be hearing about just me pushing it. I'm going to just push the subscriptions, you know what I'm saying? We, we have some, yeah, like I said, we got a, quite a few things on tap for this year that we're trying to do. So we're going to use the magazine. Um, now, before we, let, before we let you go, we, we understand that me and you, or maybe our organizations had some past beef. <laughs> no, was, okay, so so, so I'll make it real quick. It's it funny though, because you know, it's funny. You 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 didn't you didn't attach uh, my name to the magazine, but we did a, a CD, right? Mm -hmm. So we was doing a CD of, of like live hip hop music. So I ain't gonna mention sis name, but you know. Yeah. So I was in contact with, with sis, and me and sis were working together on some cats. So so we used um, Black August some of their live music, and we put it on our CD. We put our CD inside the magazine, and we were selling them. So we had like 10,000 10, uh, CDs print up. We had like Common that he, when he did perform with y'all, of course, Moe's, Blackstar, and all that, right? Yeah. So it was cool. Like, <laughs> it was cool. She okayed it. She okayed the music, her and bro. Um, and, but she, she, she didn't see the magazine yet, right? So the magazine was like, we had an article by Baruti in there about homosexuality, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> so the actual magazine and the CD, since they were together, she told me to send, so I sent about 50 of them to New York. Immediately, I got a call, right? Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to pull them boys, right? Because there are some things in the magazine that is not um, politically aligned you know, with MXG, right? I gave her the old, it's too late. I don't know, I don't know how to set them out. So 
We got to get law on it, which was you. Oh, word. I think, yeah. I think I talked to you maybe twice, right? I mean, everything was cool. You know what I'm saying? You know, you you were you were professional. I was professional. You know what I'm saying? True uh, that, true, you don't remember, true. But I laid the law down. My wife was like, Did you pull my them? My wife was like, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, no, I can't do that. Because they gave me the real, like all kidding aside. Hey, hey, hey. I was hey. like, nah, we can't do that because Yeah. Nah. Hey, hey, shout out to Ashaki. Hey, shout out to Ashaki, because I know she said fuck them. Hey, I see, look, years went past. Like I told Kalaji, I seen them in Jamaica one time. You know, went on a vacation. We kicked it. It was Everything was cool. They probably wound up forgetting, because I ain't bringing it up. But, you know, it was a small blimp. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't a big deal, but I remember I remember Kamal Franklin's name. That was hey. my job. That was my job. I, I was a trademark Black August, so you know. I did a, I did a uh, lot of shit. I, you <laughs> told me to call you back one time. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't no big deal. So, yo, Marcus. We, yeah. Yeah. So, man, it was great to have you on. Uh, we want to have you back and talk more about the school and the magazine in the near future. Um, Get us the website. So, yeah, what's the website? FreedomHomeAcademyInternational.net. So, F-H-A-I-T-L.net. They can, you can check us out. It's four sites. So you can do Freedom Home Academy. You can do Nkrumah International Academy. That's the high school. Check us out on Facebook. You know, Freedom Home Academy International. Uh, yep. Thanks so much, brother. We thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. We're going to be back with our next guest, Marcus Coleman, right after this. Renegade Culture. No doubt. No doubt. Peace and much love. I am Minister Server, right here with your hip hopstery. Do y'all know who this is? This is Lana Moore also known as MC Light, straight out of the planet of Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? When she dropped, not only was she one of the first female MCs, but she was just a dope MC, period. She dropped her first single, I Cram to Understand, at the age of 16, which was one of the first songs that talked about crack. You know what I'm saying? Now, later on, she dropped her album, Light as a Rock, in 1988, which was the first uh, female album to go gold. She also was the first female rapper to perform at Carnegie Hall. She has so many firsts. We could just go through the first that she has, you know what I'm saying? But right now, she does a lot of things in acting. She's an entrepreneur. She's a DJ. But what she's really known for now, she does so many different voiceovers for uh, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Delta. Uh, she does the, the voiceover for the I Am Hip Hop Awards, the BET Awards. In fact, she's a winner of the BET I Am Hip Hop Award. She's also the only female that's on the Stop the Violence, Self-Destruction song, and she's also on the Human Education Against Lies. MC Light does a lot of things with the AIDS Foundation and activism, so make sure when you're studying hip hopstery, you understand about MC Light. Word. What's that, the Renegade Coaches in the building? Yo, we back again, you know what I'm saying, with a new guest. Hey, man, look what the ants drug in. Uh-huh. Oh, straight, yeah. straight out of motherfucking uh, Collin Park. That's right, my man, uh, Marcus Coleman. Hold it, hold it, hold it. What? The, bro the brother told us before we got started. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying, he's been on a few few big oh, shows tonight. Oh, that's tough. Okay, that's tough, that's tough. A few, few big shows tonight. I have, I have. And he said, up, he said he had to come <laughs> play the role of the... Uh, I had to come through and talk to my people. True, 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 true. Is that the ants? <laughs> The little people. Because <laughs> yeah, speak to the small publication, he said. <laughs> anyway. But speaking about big things, big important things, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Bring it back. Yeah, Tell man. us what's going on, man. We ain't seen you in a while, man. You know. Oh, man. Yeah. Outside, outside well, of well, Jerry Ball. Well, 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 I see things are getting bigger and better and brighter. Okay. 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 And, and it should be, you know, considering, you know, the guests that you guys do have come through here. True. Okay. You know, True. And, and the two hosts, they're not half bad. Oh, okay. You know, okay. But, okay. Uh, but no, real spit, man. You know, renegade culture, man. Y'all, you know. The real and, and 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 not just on some some uh, personality, but substance, yeah. right? Man, today has been hectic. If it wasn't for you guys, real spit, man, I had already you know turned it in. Mm -hmm. I got to head to Louisville tomorrow um, for the one year anniversary of the Breonna Taylor mm -hmm. uh, one year by. death. Hmm? Mm -hmm. One year is gone by. One year, man. One year Saturday, yeah. um, big event. Uh, shout out to my sister and Tamika Mallory, man. I've uh, been running point. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, you guys, personally, you've definitely met the family. I can't remember if you, if you I'm have. I'm not sure if I met the family. Yeah, no. but uh, the Kendrick Johnson family, Mr. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, man, eight years, uh, two months and a day, mm -hmm. literally. 
Um, this is the gentleman, the, the, the gentleman, the, the child, yeah. right, that was found uh, dead in Lowndes County High School down in Valdosta, Georgia, mm -hmm. uh, rolled up in a wrestling mat. Um, initially, even before the autopsy report was complete, the sheriff said back in, uh, he was found January 11th, 2013, mm -hmm. April 2013. Uh, they closed the case on a local level, but the sheriff at that time, Sheriff Prine, stated it was an accident. Mm -hmm. There was only one thing wrong with that, Counselor. What was wrong? The, uh, uh, the, there was no autopsy report that had mm -hmm. been presented yet. Uh, but then, of course, maybe a week or so later, after continuous protests by the family, you know, down in Valdosta, myself included at times, uh, the first autopsy came back, positional asphyxiation. <laughs> Uh, the story is that this young man, it, 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 we know it's eight years old, yeah. but there's a whole new generation that's energized too. You know, it's good just to hear the, the, the nuts and the bolts. Um, a wrestling mat rolled up in a, in a circular type of shape, stored upright. Uh, the, the, the story is that he stored additional sneakers up under the mat during school. He climbed up on the bleachers in order to get to the height of the mat and jimmied himself down in the core of the mat. There's only one problem with that. The core of the mat is probably about maybe 10, 12 inches wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kendrick's shoulders stretch from 17 to 19. You mm -hmm. learn in preschool, you can't stick a square hole, right? <clears throat> I mean, excuse me, a square peg in a round hole, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, but they wanted to say that that's what he did. He suffocated, you know, uh, uh, his his lungs filled up with fluid and he died. Uh, we all knew that was bogus yeah. and that was and bullshit. And they closed the case. They Based on that, there was no prosecution. There was no additional uh, investigation in terms of On the state level, yes. Out. Yeah. So then what has happened recently that you've been involved in that got the case opened back up? Now, before that, you should mention that there's also been... Uh, a couple. That's where I was going with it. Autopsies, yeah. right? Yeah. And, right. And it, it, his body's been exhumed. How many times now? Uh, it's been exhumed twice now. And you know, excuse me, because you know, just just playing it back, but it, it is very layered. Um, the family has exhumed uh, uh, his body twice uh, for two uh, separate independent autopsies. Each one of those autopsies state blunt force trauma. Mm. Um, the the reason for that determination is because of some uh, uh, severe hemorrhaging in the tissue area uh, of his of his main artery. Um, that is actually identical to when the EMTs pulled him up out of the mat. It is a it is documented that uh, he had severe hemorrhaging uh, uh, on the scene at Lowndes County. Mm -hmm. Well, um, speeding up. Since October of 2020, on the heels of what I like to say the uprising, when you yeah. know plenty of us were out in the community, uh, all across the nation. Um, uh, again, shout out to Sister Tamika because they they got a mini victory, which I you know looked at huge legally, when they were able to um, make public what is normally secret in the the grand jury proceedings. Mm -hmm. Well. I thought what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Mm -hmm. um, other families, other, other advocates, they should follow that suit. And I, and I thought, what better case than Kendrick? Uh, so that is what led me to first start to try to get this push of, of reopening. Um, that led me to the middle district of, of Georgia and Macon. And I, I've kind of skipped over some, but for the That's second right, time, yeah. you know, um, and man, unbeknownst to me, Macon said they recused themselves. Macon is the original... A governing body. Kendrick's case literally ended up in the U.S. Department of Justice. That needs to be noted, uh, the, the Homicide Division. Uh, they said no, no questions are to be uh, asked here or answered here, obviously, and sent me to the Northern District of Ohio. It would take a minute to, 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 to understand why we're in Ohio, but long story shorter, mm -hmm. um, talk back and forth to that U.S. Attorney's office. They really weren't uh, uh, excited, you know, about asking, but uh, uh, I basically put pressure on them by saying that these parents were coming to Ohio because this is the only place they can get answers from. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you deny them access or answers, then, you know, that will be the story. Uh, now, uh, retired uh, U.S. Attorney Herdman, because of the new administration, he was under the uh, uh, Trump administration. Uh, we met with him and his team, laid it out. He, he said that, you know, he's a man of his word. Uh, before he left office, he would make this a priority. He literally had two months in office. We didn't leave there 
too hopeful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, uh, he is a man of his word uh, because because of that, it led to his office before he left mm-hmm. filing papers in the uh, federal system of George of uh, Valdosta, mm-hmm. and uh, that was to be able to share information. There are 17 boxes that arrived in Valdosta, Lowndes County at the Sheriff's Department, give or take 10 or 12 days ago. Uh, those 17 boxes and other information are what the is what the Northern District of Ohio shared with Lowndes County. Uh, the reopening of this case has just happened. Sheriff Polk agreed to do that. He agreed to do that because of these 17 boxes. So the local sheriff has decided to reopen the, the criminal investigation or an investigation into the cause of Kendrick Johnson's death. The investigation into the cause of Kendrick Johnson's and, and, death. And are the federal, is the federal authorities going they to be are involved? Done with it. Or no. they, that, that, they're done with it. This is now back into the local sheriff's hands to try to see uh, uh, if there's going to be a new determination around the cause of his death, which may lead to charges. This has gone from Lowndes County Sheriff's Department, where it mm-hmm. originated, assisted with Valdosta PD, the GBI, because that's where the first autopsy was done, uh, the U.S. Attorney's Offices, mm-hmm. Northern District of Ohio, Middle District of Georgia, the feds, of course, um, and then the governing body ultimately was the U.S. Department of Justice. This case actually, according to former Attorney General Loretta Lynch, was one of her top three domestic priorities. Now it's all the way back mm-hmm. to the begin. Last, last thing I'll say on this, uh, uh, not only are we ecstatic, but 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 in the same breath, you know, cautiously optimistic, uh, but ecstatic because it is back at the local level, because the federal level is normally where we run to for our last recourse. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but you can only get a charge that stems from a violation it's of one civil rights. Mm-hmm. There's no murder. There's no manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Where well, there is now the the possibility of it. Now, when I say possibility, well, let me stop you. Let me stop you for a second. Are there people who are considered uh, suspects in a case who were never charged, or is that still an open question in terms of who's actually responsible for Johnson's death? That would be that would be a better way to put it. The, what I would only like to piggyback on is the federal government, even though their investigation is closed now, they named publicly three targets of their investigation. Okay. One of the targets was a local FBI agent at, and currently employed at the time, and the other two were his sons that went to school with Kendrick. So we know that's in the file. We Everyone, well, not everyone, but that's publicly known. So those are the only three that I know are in the file, but this sheriff has agreed to uh, re-interview everybody and also interview those that weren't interviewed. He's not the, the type, as far as stereotypically, uh, his appearance that you would think would be Supportive, mm-hmm. but there's one thing that we all know, and, and everybody's been talking about uh, uh, Fred Hampton, right? Uh, and his multi-racial and and, and, and and this melting pot of, of of justice. Well, I sit across from a cat that looks typically like a redneck. Typically, I mean that's what he he would consider himself, and that's literal. Mm-hmm. But truth, justice, and what the hell happened there in his town? He was the former sheriff before this happened to Kendrick. He fell ill. Then he became the sheriff again, and he said he ran because he wanted, he, he hated the way the investigation was handled, and this was something he wanted to take as priority, and he's been a man of his word ever since. Now, re- rewinding a little bit, right? You mentioned um, <clears throat> the, uh, the the federal agent and his two sons yes, who were uh, implemented. Yep. Tar- in, tar- targeted targets of the federal investigation. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, they, they, they turned around and sued the Johnson family? Uh, no. The Johnson, the, thank you. The Johnsons have, have recently, six, seven months ago, terminated their counsel. And let's celebrate. If you got some trumpets or whatever you got, <laughs> play them. Straight up, Attorney Shaveen King is the reason why this damn family, man, is in debt over a quarter of a million dollars. Mm. A lawsuit that was filed by him named like 33 to 35 defendants. Mm-hmm. It drug out. I remember being in the meeting with the U.S. attorney early on and him asking not to file civil because it's going to interfere with the criminal investigation. What did it? What did he do? He did it. What did it do? It interfered. Mm-hmm. It drug out. Then ultimately, the play was drop the lawsuit and refile. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it had played out for almost a year. So what did those 33, 35 defendants do? Or their attorneys? Mm-hmm. They sued for the work. Yeah, yeah. Long story in this matter, and we definitely are, 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 are exploring, and that's pretty light of a word, uh, a, a, a bar complaint, because I do believe it's a way for this family to yeah. get that money so off of their head. Yeah, so basically the, the, the folks who were originally sued sued for their, their time and effort in terms of defending the lawsuit. Absolutely. And the judge handed them, handed them uh, that, and that money is now yes. owed to them by the family, Absolutely. legally speaking, of Johnson. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. And the only thing I wanted to really add to that is the hearing that was to argue the legal fees, the hours, and, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it was two days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was supposed to be a couple of hours. This man, I promise you, counselor, I promise you, 24 sustained objections. There were 15 attorneys at this table and him at this. This man ran off uh, folks like Attorney Crump. He ran off other folks. Uh, he has really put this family in some jeopardy. And now, I'm sorry, and now they are, uh, now, now he is terminated. And it couldn't be a better time as we get this kind of resurgence. Yeah. So technically, counselor, we are looking for a legal representation. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So we're going to wrap up this segment and come back with our outro and talk a little bit more with Marcus Coleman about another case that he's got coming up uh, right back on Renegade Culture. Blah. One, two, one, two. What the hell we gonna do? Anyway, we back. We're gonna get <laughs> coaching. We got my man Marcus Coleman, who oh, happens man. to be a little soft shoe right there. Yeah. Well, well my man, this cat been doing some snaps today. Let me let me show y'all these real quick. Uh, oh, 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 <laughs> okay. Now, hey, back you call it soft shoe? <laughs> hey, I see the oh my god. Anyway, anyway, let's get back. Talk about them doctor shows. He ran, oh. but anyway, <laughs> in real life. But anyway, uh, <laughs> even when he barefooted. Should we talk about the sandals and the socks? Okay, now. See, Marcus Coleman has been invited here. Pictures at all. And he think because his eyes is cherry red. Oh. <laughs> well, you know. Um, <laughs> then he, then he gonna get away with this. Yeah, man, you know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, man, let's, get, let's talk a little bit more about other, yeah, case, other pop prescriptions we use, what's, you know. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Stop muttering. Just wait for your question. Something about you know genital warts. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. It's rough in here, boy. My man, my man Marcus Coleman, you know, um, this, this brother's no stranger to the media. Yeah, he's got a lot of yeah, stuff go. going on. Like, here like, we go. You know, we went to... Uh, here we go. You had the whole situation with... Uh, Kendrick was real, Kendrick. now we're going to get real. And now, maybe about a month or so ago. Yeah. Um, Marcus was out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, on the street, Roosevelt Highway? Yes, sir. Roosevelt Highway, we recognize Even old National Highway. Okay, okay. And we saw Marcus out there, and Marcus was walking, he had his camera, and he's like, God damn it! Somebody now caused this goddamn traffic. So he came outside, and he went up to an officer, he said, excuse me, sir, uh, what the fuck is you doing in this car? (laughs) (laughs) We got all this motherfucking traffic. (laughs) Officer, officer rolled the window up. He said, look here, Mr. Coleman. Don't start that shit around here. Now, see, you playing into the hands of the narrative of those that's, that's painting this false narrative of I was aggressive and... He wasn't aggressive, okay, brother. Nah, 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 nah. Like, man. You know, he's sensitive now. No, 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 you try to ask an officer what they can do to get traffic moving, and that officer's response was to be belligerent, um, to uh, physically accost you, and at the time, at least, it seemed to arrest you, right? So, yeah, yeah. important to note, I was actually you know, driving and literally almost got hit myself mm-hmm. in this terrible area, which made me pull over, mm-hmm. and then asked the question about why is no one directing traffic, and then everything you said. Yes, yeah, sir. yeah, yeah. And so, the, uh, um, and you've talked about, I mean, you did videotape about this. This has been something yes, that we are, we did uh, uh, a workshop on yes, and talked about. And so you press charges, so you, or you are trying to see yes. if, if something can happen to that cop who accosted you 
and, and violated my Fourth Amendment rights that's right, with that's ille right. illegal detention. Right. Yes, sir. And so uh, GBI just came out with a report. Can yes, you sir. talk a little bit about what the next steps are, what's happening yes, sir. in terms of the South, South Fulton case? Right now, South Fulton, the city that's four years new, a city that myself and a plethora of others helped get to fruition, a city where I stood with the police chief just under a year in council uh, as we adopted 21st century policing as law in our city. But the twist that I added was that, and this is a good one, brothers, we're the only city in the entire country where if an officer maims or kills an individual, no matter right or wrong, guilt or, in guilt or innocence, that officer or officers have to be subjected to an alcohol and drug test. Huge. Every time in this line of work, you know, we're waiting on the toxicology report from the victim. Now we get to see what's in the officer system. You know, and, uh, and, and it's not a gotcha moment, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a way for the city and the officers to, uh, the city and the police department to stand confidently on, on behalf of their officer's behavior that it was of sound mind and body. But if it wasn't, right? So, an instrumental part within the city and specifically policing. Um, right now, there are two individuals that are at point at this point in time. The uh, GBI report went to District Attorney Fonnie Willis, sister that just made history, and it went to uh, Chief uh, Keith Meadows. Uh, Keith Meadows is charged with making any administrative decisions. I want him fired. Others want him fired. His actions are deplorable, not to mention all the falsification of documents on what happened, lying to a superior officer. Um, District Attorney Fonnie Willis is charged with if there are any criminal uh, uh, charges moving forward. Assault and battery is one I can think of, and of course, a violation of my Fourth Amendment rights. Now, for folks who are not in Atlanta and are not too familiar with the case, the officer actually pulled out a taser and threw yes, the taser. Yes, sir, he did, brother. Yes, sir, he did. And from uh, what other officers tell me, um, you know, a taser has a top part that can pop off, and that's, that, that is so, so you can do what's called a dry stun if you decide to put it on someone's person. Technically, there are areas you're not supposed to put, growing, neck, heart. Uh, not only did he not pop off that top cartridge, which, by the way, has an explosive kind of mechanism in it that allows it to shoot the prong. So if he would have hit me in a place that is recommended you don't put it, I also would have received some burn damage from that uh, explosive cartridge. I just want to say one thing real quick, because this is a brother. You know, um, we know all the time about the racial components, you know, the laced with white supremacy, the patty rollers, the, the, the you know. Um, but... <laughs> Fortunately, unfortunately, but fortunately, since this is a brother, we get to speak to a broader scope, the police culture, mm -hmm. right? You know, black, white, polka dot, whatever it is, the police culture, you know, thought that he could uh, aggressively do what he did. The police culture ma uh, makes him, you know, made him <clears throat> think even though I was filming and his body cam was recording, he could still falsify what happened. It's the police culture. So um, it is pending. Um, and we're anticipating this city, which we adopted 21st century policing, and this is totally counter to that. Uh, we want them to put some action forth. Last point, to the city of South Fulton, you don't have to wait on the district attorney's decision criminally to make an administrative decision. Mm -hmm. So what the fuck is taking so long? So let's start, I mean, if people want to find out more about the Kendrick Johnson case, where can they go find out more? And then I'm going to ask similar question. They want to find out more about what's happening man, with you. Just where can they find out more about what's happening with your case man, too? Marcus T. Coleman, come come right to the Instagram. I'm 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 uh, building a web. I have a website, but an old one. I'm building one now, so I got everything coming to Marcus T. Coleman on Instagram. Um, and we got a lot. We got a lot of stuff going on. I mean, it's it, you know, eight years with Kendrick. Uh, it ain't happenstance about those 17 boxes, 17 years. It ain't happenstance that this drops right after, you know, this happens to me. It ain't happenstance that I grew up three blocks or so around the corner from, from where this happened to me with Corporal Sol Solomon Muhammad, a brother, a Muslim brother, a fruit at that. I need to say that I appreciate the apologies from student minister Abdul Sharif Muhammad uh, on behalf of the nation. Uh, it, 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 actions unbecoming to say the least. Uh, and last point I'll make on this, the Nation of Islam has taken more accountability as far as rectifying uh, the wrongs of, uh, of, of one of their officers, a person that wears the uniform, has done a better job than the damn municipality that I pay taxes to. 
and it's a black city, the blackest city supposedly in America, 86.6% uh, black. But I think we uh, got Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So well. yeah, 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 I mean, you heard it here, Renegade Culture. Um, so follow this case uh, on Marcus Coleman's Instagram, like he said. Marcus T. Coleman. Mar Mar Marcus T. Coleman on Instagram. And the T stands for tell the truth and stay in check. Oh, oh man, I like that. I like that. Yes, sir. So it's a hot show. We'd like to thank everybody who watched our show. Remember, they can catch us on blackpowermedia.org. That's right. Uh, Congratulations catch, on oh, that, Thank brothers. you for that, brother. Thank for you real. for that so much. They can sure. catch us on YouTube. Chill out, man. We're doing my outro. You know what I'm saying? They can catch us on YouTube at Black Power Media. Um, and they can catch us on all our social shit, media. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> You're doing a minister <laughs> service. I know. I was like, you going to stop talking right yeah, now. I'm trying to get off the like, show. Yo, yo, who came up with the first hip-hop record in 2012? Y'all are inspiring others, brother. We thank you for that, brother. Renegade Coach, y'all. Thank y'all. Boom. 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 Bo